have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome to Straight from the Chest. My name is Justin Groth, and I am your host, guys. Thank you for tuning in with me. Thank you for giving me your listening ear. If you're new, welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate your time. So, as most of you know, I'm in fitness, and um, I attend a local gym here in Royal Grande called Fitness 19. And, um, you know, I was noticing today that and I do this a lot. I, I like to I like to analyze people, and that's just something that I've always had a had a, had akin to. And so I'm in there, and we've recently gained a, a plethora of new members because of other gyms shutting down, and um, we we're we're kind of migrating outside, um, but we're still open. But anyways, that's besides the point. So a new gentleman. I take a liking to and I take a liking to him because um, I've seen this once before and I've seen people act when they're working out and I, and I find it um, entertaining but at the same time I find it kind of sad because there's a dysfunctional concept there and we can go into the dysfunctional concept later, but first I want to, I want to preface why this gentleman is probably acting the way that he is. And first, let me tell you, I need to give you a visual upon this gentleman. He's about fifties. He's tall in stature, but if you saw him at Costco, you'd be like, he doesn't work out. He wears a weight belt all the time. Now, I'm going to be respectful because this is somebody's dad and possibly somebody's grandpa. And it's not in my nature to denigrate or denude somebody of who they are. But I am a fitness professional. And for that reason, I look at fitness a little differently. So, we've we've established he's 50s, tall in stature, but does not does not assume the physical structure of somebody who works out. Now, you could be saying, well, maybe he just started. Let me tell you why that's probably inaccurate. So second, so he is, okay, so let me give you now a breakdown of what he wears. He wears generally the same outfit every day, okay? Accompanied with this outfit is a weight belt he wears around his waist, And he wears it all the time. Not only that, his programming is one of immense amounts of weight for half repetitions one time. So he'll do, so I'll give you an example. He'll rack the bar with a lot of weight. He'll take the bar off of the the J-hooks and he'll go down halfway and then he'll rack it and he'll set it, he'll, he'll rest for about three to five minutes. And he does this 
perpetually every day with his workouts. Now, clearly, he doesn't know what he's doing, right? Now, that's not what I'm, what entices me about this gentleman. What entices me is the fact that he hasn't changed yet. And that, and, and you're probably posing the question, well, maybe he just started and maybe he's new to fitness. Let me tell you, I'm presupposing here, but I've seen this before in the gym scene. I've never dealt with this in my craft because people that come to me already know they need change. I'm willing to bet that this gentleman has functioned in this capacity for at least several months to possibly years. And this is what he knows. And he's not open to doing anything different. But what he's producing is negligible, trivial at best in terms of muscular growth, you know, strength on any level because he's only facilitating in partial ranges of motion, which can actually have detrimental, uh, uh, detrimental effects to his mobility and the overall tautness of his musculature. Okay, so that's besides the point. But what, what enthralls me about this guy is that he doesn't change. And one thing I've established with people in the, in the scene of, the, in, the, in the gym scene is that bravado and ego are everything. If you're not, and oftentimes the people that are the competitors and or the, um, the established personal trainers, so the, the, the veterans in personal training or the, the, um, how would you call it? People that have been training for a long length of time and people that have been competing for a long length of time and been in this respective endeavor of, of building their physiques for a long length of time, these particular people generally don't adopt the uh, the um, the bravado or the ego-esque type of stereotype because they're past that, okay? Now, when you look at this gentleman, you should see that he should be past it because he's 50s. And if you ask him, just like if you ask anybody in the gym, because it's a lot of ego and bravado that, that's, that really fills the voids of that gym with these people, and myself included, I'm not exempt from this because there has definitely been massive times of egocentricism in my own life. But again, once you become more established and more, more of a veteran in this, you don't adopt that same mentality because you see things differently now. Anyways, if you ask these same people, what do you eat? Oftentimes, if not every time, they're going to tell you what they think you want to hear. And reality is what you want to hear is the truth, right? That's why you're asking them. You want to hear the truth. But oftentimes they won't give you the truth. They'll give you what you think, what they think you want to hear. And so they'll give you the standard typical bodybuilding diet, right? Which is chicken and fish, occasionally fruit, once or twice a week steak. They limit grains and they have eggs, 
or or oatmeal for breakfast. And then, oh yeah, protein shakes. Okay. And then you look at them. You look at the result that's standing in front of you. And it just doesn't match up. And it's clearly because they're lying. They don't want to be exposed, which is the reason why they tell you what you want, what they think you want to hear. When in all actuality, you want to hear the truth. You want to hear that they have probably a drinking problem. They drink too much. And that they eat McDonald's at least twice or three times a week. And they can't stop their Coca-Cola addiction. And that they maybe have a clean meal once or twice a day, if that. That's what you want to hear. But they only give you what they think you want to know because if they told you the truth, they would expose themselves. And so this carries on to what they do in the gym because it's all about an act because it's all centered around the wrong ego. And I say wrong ego because I believe there are many avenues to ego. Now, when he does his movements, he's only doing a half repetition one time. Anybody who's in fitness understands there is literally no instantiated dogma behind doing that to make any kind of progressive result in your respected endeavor, whatever it is, building strength, building muscularity, building both, building a better physique, everything. It does nothing like zero. It's almost as good as staying home. It's not, but it's almost as good. In fact, you might hurt yourself worse doing it that way than if you had done nothing and ate Cheetos on the couch watching reruns of Seinfeld. You would have, <laughs> you would have an easier time I'm sorry, you would have a better, you would have a, you would have a, I can't get my words out, sorry. It would be better for you to do that than lifting in this type of uh, dogma matter as this guy is. So he clearly is doing it for ego, okay? And alongside of that, he's probably convincing himself in the mirror when he looks in the mirror every because this is the same guy that probably will look in the mirror at the end of every night and convince himself that what he's doing is working when he really just needs to change the program he really needs to enlist in an authority or or a guidance and he needs some navigation and yet he hasn't participated in this navigation yet because if he did, he'd be far better off and he wouldn't train the way he does, which can hardly be considered training. And it's not like he doesn't have real life examples. He has people in front of him that are clearly lifting more weight or the same weight for repetitions in full ranges of motion and are bigger, stronger, better physique than him. Now, that's not, I'm not trying to illustrate the fact that somebody has a better physique and that's the reason why he's better because look, those big and strong guys are going to, they're going to, there's a better, more established physique than their physique. What I'm saying is there's an illustration, an example set before him. It's not like he doesn't understand that there is a, uh, there's multiple ways to run this type of a workout. 
other than what he's doing. But I can tell you, with uh, the utmost confidence that he's been facilitating this way for a long time, and he puts an act together with it, and it makes it to where he's he seems more established in what he's doing, but he's only fooling himself. And he's too old to say, well, I don't know any better. Because you're 50s, you need to be you need to you need to be going somewhere that to someone that knows the direction and has authority to get you help, man. But oftentimes, this is the same thing that we do in our real life. We sit in the mirror and we don't expose the truth of who we are or where we're going. We don't expose that our programming is crap. We don't expose ourselves to even ourselves. And for that reason, we stay crippled in our own ego and the faults of our ego. Because what's productive is not often analogous with what's egocentric. Sometimes the two can live together, but it's very rare. So what we need to do is not consistently stay in the same dysfunctional programmed pattern every single day, but we need to take a hard look at ourselves and not just physically, but mentally and realize, look, this program hasn't worked for me thus far. It's not going to work in another week or two weeks or two years. I need to change something. And that's hard. It's tough. I understand. It doesn't, it doesn't happen easy. But the first thing we have to do is realize it's crap. We're not getting anywhere and actually become frustrated with that and not continuously emerge ourselves into the dysfunctional precepts that we have, which are to fulfill only one thing, our ego and the bravado that's essentially attached to that. None of those things mean anything. And it's not often that we can be productive in an ego. But the only way for you to live out your existence and to live to your best and highest potential is to understand when you need to change the program and change it. And to realize when you're dysfunctional, when you're dysfunctional. And to realize Look, I don't have all the answers. I may be old, but it doesn't mean I know shit. And that's on me too. I have to take the same I have to take the same knowledge into account for myself. I have to. I don't always like to adopt it, but I know that once I do, I'm better for it. The ego will keep you complacent just like it's keeping this gentleman complacent. Nobody's going to tell him anything because everybody understands why he's doing it. Nobody's going to tell you what you're doing wrong. And even if they do, you're going to think that they're just casting judgment and casting shade on you and they don't, they, they maybe are jealous when really they're trying to help you. 
and being malleable to the help is something of a of a virtue to adopt. It's not easy. It sucks too. And it stings. But you have to go through it. It's one of the only ways that you're going to actually manifest into a bigger and a brighter and a more productive human. Don't let ego take the front seat. And if it is, make sure that that ego is driving you somewhere that's productive. Done.